Hello, I'm Hannah Jenna. And I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a body image podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender. So please help us out by subscribing and sharing. And if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. Well, hello. Uh, I pressed record just a few seconds too late because we're drinking beer on this episode. <laughs> and uh, there might have been some burping. <laughs> but it was been. like that thing where yawning is allegedly catching. Like if I yawn yeah. in front of my mom, she cannot not yawn. Yeah, so is. like I was like, hang on, I need to burp. And then Rachel just <laughs> let it go. My my body responded. I, I was like, she's like, are you ready? Um, maybe not yet. Not, don't record yet. <laughs> So you're welcome. We uh, we didn't include that part. Um, back again, another episode, and this time around, we're gonna talk about a movie. I feel like we haven't done this much. We we don't usually use movies as a starting point. Um, I think you watched it a while ago because I remember you. Yeah, I remember you mentioning it to me, saying, "Oh, it was really good. You should watch it." And then the other weekend, Dave and I were watching. Well, decided to watch a movie together. Sat there on the couch doing the typical scrolling and like. You know how you can just spend 30 minutes and then you oh, over the idea of watching a movie. So I was not in that kind of a mood. I was like, I'm just going to do a quick scroll and just pick one that looks cool. And Brittany Runs a Marathon came up. And I was like, ooh, it's got a fun kind of cover. And um, I've run a marathon. So I was like, that'll be intriguing. And then I remembered that you had said it's something that you should probably watch. So I was like, okay, cool. We're watching. Yeah. Um, and there's a, it turns out that there's a lot of stuff in there that is stuff that is relevant to what we talk about, what we like to discuss, um, and figured that we could use it as the kind of basis of our conversation today, see how it relates to our lives. We were both literally just talking about, so for those of you who, who haven't seen it, go see it. Don't want to ruin it for you, but this, um, she's in her 20s, late 20s? I think she's meant to be someone, yeah, post-college, but not like super grown up yet not fully established so she's let's call her late 20s she's overweight um when she goes to the doctor's office she does actually have a bmi that would indicate obesity party lifestyle out a lot late for work every day doesn't doesn't have any money you know just kind of like bit of a car crash although it also takes place in new york so you're always like how do you survive in new york with no money in i know i was intrigued like well it's a movie so we'll give them that it's too bad it's not at christmas time It'd be a delightful Christmas movie. Uh, so she's uh, kind of living this life and, you know, her friends are all just like party freaks. She's bigger than all of her friends. She's got this cute little sort of Asian friend sidekick who's like tiny, 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 you know, and they're always out partying. And then, you know, why does she go to the doctors? Oh, because, well, because she wants um, she wants a prescription for Adderall. She's trying to get like a party drug. Oh, yeah, that's and it. One of her friends told her, yeah, kind of how to maybe get a doctor to let her do that. <laughs> yeah. so there you go. So we, we were just laughing about how the scenes that depict her kind of party lifestyle, wake up, feel like shit, make it through the day barely. And then the only thing you can do to make yourself feel better is to get drunk or high again. And the cycle repeats and you never quite can you know ever feel great and also you know i'm always banging on about environment like when you're surrounded by people who do the exact same thing like it's a very hard thing to do and 
I've never uh, tried to get a prescription for Adderall before. <laughs> I've never touched Adderall. But that's that's when you're really dedicated to your party lifestyle um, when you yeah need need doctor intervention to uh, <laughs> to get the good drugs. I mean, I've pulled I've pulled drugs. a few all nighters in Amsterdam club. I never needed Adderall to pull the all nighters, but um, only fueled by alcohol and being being too young to have it really mess you up, I guess. Yeah. And probably cigarettes back then, too. What a life. What a but life. Yeah. I mean, I when I watched the movie, I definitely was like, ooh, some of those the party stuff at the beginning I was like yep like the, those are those are I've been there and I definitely remember the days I remember this I don't know why this sticks out but I always remember when I was at university I got on the bus and like you know those times when you're so hungover you're like god help me I'm definitely gonna vomit in public so I was like I left my friend's house and I was actually getting the bus back to my apartment to crawl into bed, crawl not bed. attend any of my lectures yes. and just survive until the next night out because it was a fun night out. Because like when I was a student, and I don't know how it is here, but in England, you know, most of the student social life was like Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday. And then weekends were quieter because people went home or they were just like, oh, I'm done. Whereas adult oh, yeah, partying post-university typically is more weekend oriented. So it was like middle of the week and I, I was on the bus home and like the bus driver obviously didn't take that much of a close look at me. I was like, oh, you're on early. Are you off to an early lecture? <laughs> Assuming that you're the res- like extra responsible one that's doing something great. <laughs> I kind of peeled up my eyelids, looked at him. I'm like, I'm on my way home. He was like, oh. And everybody else on the bus was going to school. And I was literally just trying not to vomit in order to get home. <laughs> yeah. And that's pretty much... Somehow I have a degree, people. I actually have a degree. I don't know how. Um, But that was a lot. Not all. But a lot of my university life was spent just in that cycle of I've just got to survive my day so that I can get to the night and a few drinks in and I'm going to feel good to go again and rage. My, how the tables have turned. It sounds like it's a good thing you never got your hands on Adderall. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) So, yes, um, while I've never found myself at the doctor's trying to convince him to give me a prescription for Adderall, I'd say at the height of my kind of partying days, which would have probably been university. I mean, I still absolutely sent it when I was sailing. But when I started to take, you know, by the end of my 20s, when I was racing around the world and stuff, there was a lot of drinking in port. But like there was definitely a significant increase in responsibility So things had changed by then, but my early 20s, for sure, was probably quite unfit. Um, I definitely had a very different body composition to how, to what I have now, Um, and definitely didn't feel, I don't think I even understood what feeling great meant back then like my feeling great was like you know when the alcohol kind of hits your system and you've got that buzz and you're like woo yeah and you're kind of your confidence is like brimming and you're just more relaxed that's what I thought feeling great meant yeah because I think for a a lot of our life that that is right like I didn't feel good when I was necessarily sitting in a library or you know doing lots of other things I was doing back then but like yeah that was the fun fun happy part of the day or the week for sure. At least you were sitting in the library I only found my section of the library in the second year of university because I got lost. Oh my gosh okay that's true well that's that's not in question here that like yes I think I was I had a I was a 
I was a different level of nerd than <laughs> than you ever were. My nerd <laughs> levels were low. They were low. Um, but anyway, so lots of really cool things to take away from it. But one um, quote that stood out. Um, do you have it up on your phone here? Let me see if oh, I can find yeah. it on mine. One quote that's really kind of like stood out to me was about taking responsibility for your own life. Yep. I have the quote right here if you want me to. Okay, so um so Brittany's the main character. This is one of her relatives that she's talking to about kind of her journey and um she says, "You changing your life was never about your weight. It was about taking responsibility for yourself." Yeah. So that is kind of the theme of well, I'm hoping the theme of this podcast, but as ever, this is not scripted. So we have no quote, no idea quite where it's going. But to give you the outline of the movie. Thank goodness she picked a movie I've actually seen. If she had picked a different movie, then uh Oh. Dory also wants to uh contribute to our discussion of the movie. Um so she goes to she ch- tries to get her Adderall script. She doesn't doesn't get it. Doesn't no, it. I mean obviously the yeah. I, if I remember the scene correctly, the doctor very much sees through what she's trying to do and uh, is like, "I've got a different idea. I want you to lose fifty five pounds." Right. Yeah. So this doctor, the doctor visits actually like I, I read a few kind of um, reviews of the movie after I'd seen it, and you know one thing some people said it was like well you know I don't think it was a great thing for the doctor to say oh you have to lose an x x number of pounds but you know we all got to have some kind of guideline and he used BMI which we all know is bullshit but well I mean it depends right so BMI in relation to somebody who's clearly not athletic has a ton of muscle on their bodies can be like it's not something you should hang on to but it's it's a good indicator if she was like a freaking football linebacker who can bench and squat an insane amount has a lot of body fat but also has a boatload of muscle mass then it's skewed but if you're not like a super like jacked up individual it's a it's a decent guideline for like the level of obesity and I think I can't remember what her BMI was but I think she would is or was in the category of like class one obesity so like the first stage of obesity it was like 31 or something um but the nice thing about that doctor visit apart from sort of having a specific weight target that she was meant to hit which she referred to as like a, a medium-sized working oh dog oh my god that's one of the best lines she's like she's like 55 pounds that's the size of a siberian husky like you want me to pull a a, a work a medium-sized working dog off of my body no, i mean that was amazing because like sometimes you know what trying to visualize like what is 50 like whenever people talk to me about sort of how much weight they want to lose I think of it in terms of like bumper plates for bar right you see people exactly you're like go hold that bumper plate that's how much you've lost or I've done it the other way too of like that's how much muscle I've gained and been like oh that's like but I thought the reference to the dog was really hilarious oh yeah because just like as dog people we love it you can just how much does Dory doodle weigh Story weighs about thirty-seven pounds. There you go, thirty-seven pounds. All right, that that see that's a, that's a lot of weight. That's a significant amount to put on or off your body. So yeah, I mean like, that that visual. I got to lose a medium-sized medium-sized working dog. <laughs> but the good thing about the doctor's visit when she sort of goes there and is that he does actually make reference to lifestyle factors, right? Because you know we all know that especially Northern America is riddled with just pharmaceuticals right everywhere and so many doctors they go to is like oh you register as a beast on my bmi chart here's some 
obesity medication. Right, like Take some something medication. that's like an easy fix rather than lifestyle Because related. Brittany could well have been given obesity medication mm-hmm. and she might have lost her medium-sized working dog or been like, Or offer like surgical, like, oh, go get your stomach yeah. stapled or... But if she continued with the lifestyle and in that same environment, surrounded by the same party friends, and I think like the little teeny tiny friend that I mentioned, like her quote-unquote best friend, her her line best line from the thing from the movie was was like if I do too much cardio I, if I do cardio I lose oh, weight too fast right oh yeah yeah like if I do too much cardio I get too skinny too fast like oh okay I remember when when Good she says you. that line in the movie and she says it like Brittany's sort of feeling low and I'm like wow girl. That's, what kind of a friend yeah, are you? That's a that's a best frenemy, not not a good friend. Probably. I like that best frenemy. <laughs> so yeah, so she has this doctor visit, and she's told to lose fifty five pounds. But he also starts to like introduce her to the concept of lifestyle changes, mm-hmm. and you know that perhaps certain things need to change. Certain people in her life might need to change. So she starts to go about. How does she get into running? Oh, her neighbor. Well, her 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 neighbor who. Um, I think early on in the movie spends time mostly just like bugging her about, um, you know, leaving stuff in the hallway and mm-hmm. like kind of just not being a great neighbor. Right. Like she sees the neighbor recognizes the lifestyle choices. And I think one of the first scenes like you see her in, she's like, OK, you uh, left your stuff out again. Uh, change is possible. You know, and like runs off like these nice little liners. But but yeah, it's her neighbor who is always running. Is who I think she goes to first, maybe? But what I found interesting, too, is, like, sort of your perceptions of other people, right? So I like the fact that the neighbor... So Brittany and the housemate consider this neighbor who's talking about being tidy and clearing stuff up, who's also the runner, as, like, this person has this perfect life. Yeah. And, you know, everything just falls into place for them. If and it's just easy for them. enough to run, you must have everything else in order. And it made me think of, like, the number of times... Like we just admitted, we open literally opened this podcast talking about how we once lived that life of just like overdoing the bad stuff yeah, and kind of not being particularly healthy and not being fit. And the number of times that I have heard from sources that will remain unnamed who tell me that, who see me as me now, who works out right. six days a week, eats healthy most of the time, you know, goes to bed early, has routines like, oh, it's easy for you. Yeah. And every single time I have to bite my tongue to not be to not like wheel around and be like, what do you know? Yeah. Because like the lifestyle that I have that we lead now is practice over years, years and years of like putting in the work and developing the discipline and, you know, finding the joy in waking up before the sun comes up and getting the work done and the training and the process and all of that. That's not something that just existed when I was born. I had to develop that. Yeah. And I like also in the movie, obviously I like Brittany's story, but I also like the reveal of this person that's deemed to have like this perfect life and everything's just fallen into place for her. And she just wakes up every day and runs and that's just easy. And her life must be perfect to allow her the opportunity to do that. And, you know, of course it turns out that that person also has a lot of stuff going on, but they just choose to handle their business. And they become really good friends, right? Mm -hmm. Like she kind of becomes like her, she finds her people through this journey. So she starts this running, um, she meets a guy, the other two main characters, this woman in the apartment complex and then and then a guy, um, gay guy. And she they like become, runs into him in the, 
he's running in the park or something? The two of them. So the the neighbor is obviously a good runner. She's in this running group. Brittany joins the That's running right, group. That's right, joins the running group. And then her and this guy are kind of the like super the unfit ones. Pace ones and the they're back. like yeah. jogging one day and someone on a walker or something overtakes them <laughs> in the park. And then they decided, you know, first of all, it advances to like, well, let, let's do a 5K. Yeah. And then it becomes, let's run a marathon. And then, you know, true New York marathon style, those two get a place. Brittany does not. She then goes, she hurts. Oh, she oh, gives it. She's trying to train. Right. She, she tries to hurt. train so hard. She gives herself a stress fracture. She can't run the marathon anyway. The other two do. She kind of falls apart. And oh, then that's right. I forgot about the little reversal before she yeah. gets to And then eventually she decides back. to get herself together and she completes the marathon. And over the course of that process, obviously her environment changes, her friend group changes, and she loses the medium sized working dog's right. worth of weight. Yes. But yes. It also along the way, because obviously her first doctor's visit, he's he gives he puts a number on it, right? You need to lose fifty five pounds. Yeah. So she starts weighing herself every day and the kind of the movie like flashes to the the scale and it ticks down pretty decently. And then, you know, the stress fracture happens and then all of a sudden it doesn't go down anymore. It goes up by just a couple of pounds and it kind of sends her over the edge. Yeah. And there is a scene eventually where she's, she kind of loses her shit a little bit, gets it together, and then she puts the scale away. Right. Which made me I, think of you. I remember that. Absolutely. Because I remember thinking when I first saw the movie, I was like, oh, why are they like centering the number on the scale so much? And I get it because like to tell that story, her particular story, you know, he starts by giving her a number and so it makes sense but it's true i love that part where it's just like the scale is not not what it's about and back to that quote right like her family member who says to her like it's never it was never about the number on the scale like that was a a factor a guideline like um but and she proves and you never quite know whether she actually loses the full i think she gets she gets close to it yeah before the scale part disappears but then she throws it away and when she actually finds like a happy place with running like she doesn't become the skinny mini who loses all the weight no she she maintains you know a very healthy weight and proceeds to be able to run the marathon and overcome and what you see her do like in the marathon she stops and it's funny because like i've run the new york marathon and a couple of the places where she stops and starts to struggle. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I remember that like, really I know that well. Spot. Everybody um, remembers the mile. And there's that the, there's the... a bit when she's actually finally running the marathon where she just like, I don't know whether she gets cramp or something, but she's kind of doubled over and you clearly see she just wants to quit and just end it. And I can't remember why she manages to keep going like somebody inspires her or whatever. And she yeah. she gets herself together and finishes it. And it's just like. That made me think back to like, this is about like taking responsibility, right? The whole way, not just taking her having to take responsibility for her lifestyle and her weight loss and her health, but also for being like, no one is going to make this easier on me. When you run a marathon, I remember distinctly running over the bridge at like, when you first get onto Manhattan Island and it's like mile 16 or 17 and Running past that sign, I think it was mile 16, because I was like, oh, I've only got 10 miles to go. And then I was like, I've only got 10 miles to go. I know. I was like, oh, my God. That gives me anxiety just hearing you say that. Um, Having never run more than 10K, I think, You already hurt. 
like while ever like everything hurts by then but then when you suddenly go oh my god I've got 10 miles to go and you remember back to when you first decided like all excited yeah I'm gonna run a marathon and <laughs> just the idea of traveling 10 miles on your feet is horrendous and now you've already done 16 and you have 10 more to go yeah, 10 more. and that is the mental toughness yeah. the mental like strength but also you know that moment it shows like, like yeah you could quit and the Britney mm -hmm. from the beginning of the movie would have quit this is hard lots of people quit all kinds of things like marathons or other sporting events like you know and it's way easier part way through way easier to go and like oh sod it i'm gonna go get a drink or i'm gonna take some drugs or whatever my release is my higher i'm gonna go eat a bunch of sugar because that makes me feel good right now mm -hmm. but then when you see her cross that finish line and i remember distinctly when i crossed the finish line of the new york marathon i like straight up hyperventilated not because i was out of breath from running because yeah. lord knows i was traveling lord slowly. knows no one's moving that fast at that point you're just like <laughs> but because i was just i was astonished that i was capable of achieving that because yeah. running like for britney was absolutely not something i enjoyed doing or had an experience doing it was just like out of the blue i went from zero to marathon in like six months where three of those months I was out on a boat sailing. Wow. Yeah, you're you're a little weird like that. You you did the half marathon here and like without really training much. <laughs> That's that was different. That's uphill. That's like is that different? Does uphill make it? We have to. <laughs> well, that one was funny because I just figured out on the day of the race the shuffle because yeah, i've been trying yeah, to run uphill and like i was running on flat ground yeah, and it's very different so when i step. figured out how to just shuffle along it was kind of fun the only brutal thing about that one was the fact that at 6 a.m it was already 70 something degrees and yeah you did it that really hot year by the that time was... i was done it was 94 i think at the top Ugh, yeah and my fingers swelled up to turn into sausages so i couldn't bend them that was weird but anyway that didn't happen to Brittany. <laughs> that didn't happen but i just really overall I really loved the message of the film about, you know, it doesn't matter what your starting point is. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter, you know, what stupid, untrue messaging there may be. Like, oh, you're a fat person, quote unquote. You're never going to be able to do something like this. Because Britney's described, you know, as like the fat sidekick kind of thing to yeah, her little skinny exactly, friend. Yeah. You know, the little skinny friend being like... And unfortunately, movies really they kind of push that right like there's a lot of films out there where it is like there's like you know the the pretty one who has like the the chubbier best friend or like right like that's such a common trope in movies and tv shows and stuff yeah and i mean like if you looked at them at the beginning of the movie didn't have them in the context of club or whatever you put them maybe in workout gear and be like which one of these two is probably going to run a marathon right I mean, I'd probably say nine out of ten people would be like, oh, the skinny chick's probably the runner. You know, she looks like she looks like she a looks runner. Like she'd be a runner. Yeah. And in fact, she's the one that stays very much within the party lifestyle while Brittany turns it all around and shows that it doesn't really matter yeah. what you look like. And it doesn't really matter if you've something like that if you've been a runner if you've never been a runner if you put your mind to it if you take responsibility for yourself if you take a good long hard look at your environment like what in it what in your environment is working to help support you what is not then 
pretty much anything is possible. Yeah, because you're right. I mean, she doesn't, you know, the, the line, It's it, it was never about the weight. It was about taking responsibility. I mean, she she does lose some weight, right? Like that is definitely, you know, a, a bodily transformation does happen in the movie. But really what she does is ditch bad friends and get better friends. She hates herself and then ends up finding ways to like love herself and really celebrate herself. Um, she you know, yeah, like starts to sort of just believe that she can be a different person than she was. Um, so, yeah, it's like there's so many different levels. I was going to say, like, I love the transformation from just like in the beginning, you see her look in the mirror a lot. Yeah. Just like and we all been there, you know, especially that morning after hungover puffy feeling where oh just gosh. where you just yeah. look like someone took a bike pump and kind of blew you up. <laughs> and we're so hard on ourselves anyway. Right. And being hungover our brains are depressed even more. So we're worse to ourselves for sure. And it's just like, you see her just look in the mirror and just kind of be like, just disappointed is probably yeah. the best word. And just, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that cycle of like, Oh, now I'm late for work again. And then you get to work and you've already started your day and she's disappointed in herself. And then she gets there and her yeah. boss is kind of, of like, Oh, you're late and... again. So now her boss is disappointed in her. And the only way to make that better is to just drown it out yeah. or like smooth it over with drugs or alcohol. But then towards the end, that whole thing has changed because of the good people in her life, like the guy and the, the, the yeah, female like neighbor. Yeah, she gets some really amazing friends. And, and obviously it's a bit of a rom-com too. There's like a romance too, so. And she learns that lesson of, you know, that the woman down the hall that she'd always just thought, oh, well, the, her life is just perfect. It's not. Mm-hmm. She just chose to live a certain way to be able to be the best version of herself. And a really interesting thing, like, I don't know if you recall the scene, when she's got the stress fracture, she can't run the marathon. She goes to stay with her sister for a while. Oh, and yeah. her sister throws a birthday party for the husband. And um, their friends come over, and there's another couple at the table. And there's like a skinnier guy, and his girlfriend or wife or whoever she was is a much bigger bodied female mm-hmm. and Brittany basically gets drunk and just oh. sits at the table kind of going well we should probably just call it as it is because we all know what we're thinking and this what's really cool is like obviously it's like an embarrassing scene for everybody and but the the woman who's Brittany is targeting who's she's just got obviously like just taking out everything she thinks that other people have said about her she's yeah. saying it to this woman because she's drunk woman yeah and this woman basically just stands there and goes you know what i own this this is me this is how i am and i refuse to spend my life being bitter and like miserable about the situation so i choose to be happy yeah and i, I thought that was really cool and then like Brittany obviously is just like silenced by this yeah well, I mean, because right, I mean, I feel like so much of what we talk about when it has to do with like body positivity and body acceptance, body neutrality, it really ultimately is is you know ten times more about your brain than about your body itself, right? Like, how do you train yourself to just yeah, like accept your body, love it, be yeah, basically. I mean, like that level of confidence is not something that's easy to achieve. To be like, this is who I am, and I own it. And there is, you know, another important thing to remember that because we all do come in shapes and sizes and different shapes and sizes and it's healthy looks different on everybody that, you know, maybe you could have run a bunch of like 
health market tests, blood work tests oh, yeah. on this woman that Brittany kind of targets and she could be the picture of health. Yep. Absolutely fine and dandy and healthy and, you know, strong and fit. She just happens to be like engineered a certain way. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this is my, like, I, this is my thing with Lizzo, right? Like you look at someone like Lizzo, who is a, a large bodied woman. Um, she can do things with her body dance wise that would, well, first of all, I wouldn't even be able to do them. But if I could, I would probably get hurt. I would certainly be exhausted. <laughs> can, I would can like I watch if you try. Right? I mean, like if, I if I were to actually hurt, try to but... train the way that like Lizzo and her backup dancers dance, like the athleticism is insane, right? So for people to look at her and just be like, "Oh, that's just someone who's fat," I'm like, "Uh, there's like so much more, like, to that statement, right? Like, no, this is not someone that is necessarily unhealthy, like." should be like incredibly fit actually to do that kind of yeah that kind of dance and athleticism but it is uh yeah I mean Lizzo also is a woman who is just like this is who I am and like celebrates it because she knows what her body can do and what it looks like and she's probably a whole hell of a lot fitter stronger healthier happier than the skinny sidekick in the movie and this is obviously mm-hmm. nothing against if you happen to be a skinny person right. well, that the, doesn't make you the mean miserable yeah. sidekick and the sidekick one is interesting too right because they show them partying the same way and the same lifestyle and that literally is just genetics right why that friend can consume all of those alcohol calories and stay up all night and sleep poorly and doesn't clearly doesn't respond by putting on body weight or things like that right like that's also just genetics we talk about certain kinds of athletic looking bodies being genetically gifted or genetically sort of predisposed to that but it works the other way as well right some people are just genetically going to be always tiny whether they're fit or unfit is a totally different thing their body might also just always be smaller and it's funny how you associate being fit I think it's changed a lot for me now. It's very different for me now, but probably 10, 15 years ago, I would associate like for female, if you were smaller, you were probably fit. Right. If you were bigger, probably not fit, which is so wildly wrong. But it's also like there's also a weird, they've done like studies too, where um, in men, if men are taller, they are perceived to be more fit than shorter men which also makes zero sense right like height crossfit games athletes are all short i mean yeah pre-crossfit days right crossfit i think has changed a lot of things for sort of perceptions of of fit bodies but but yeah i mean there's all kinds of ways we're just sort of conditioned to make assumptions and and the interesting thing when um when britney starts to actually like take responsibility and realize that her environment needs to change and she moves out of her apartment and stuff and then her what did you call a frenemy? Her, her best frenemy. Best frenemy <laughs> at some point, you know, it's just like, hey, should we just go out? Blah, blah, blah. And Brittany's just like, no, I, I can't do that anymore. I've got running group in the morning. Yeah. yeah. She's like, yeah, but I've got like Adderall and stuff. And she just cannot understand mm-hmm. why. But then at the same time, you see like that she's Brittany is actually moving towards a happier place. Yeah. The frenemy sidekick is just comes across as this just like highly insecure very superficial doesn't have a whole lot of meaning to her life party girl yeah 
and she's meant to be right like in the movie she's a one one dimensional character I'm sure in real life people who are like that obviously have lots more going on and stuff but yeah she really is that kind of stereotype but um you know so it's interesting this is this conversation made me think of a conversation I had starting about a couple weeks ago with my coach so um this performance challenge I'm doing I'm now I was gonna say you got like five left no, I think I'm five weeks into 12. So I'm not even halfway. Oh, really? I thought you started at the beginning of January. Yeah. But right. Oh, well, maybe I'm coming up on six weeks then. So just about the halfway part. Um, and so one of the things, because I'm not focusing on the weight on the scale or specific body composition, um, you know, I'm I'm focusing on what my body is doing. So I'm focusing on how many, like, what am I doing training wise? What am I training for? How many times am I getting training sessions in during the week? And one of the things that my coach kind of had to say to me after the last couple of weeks, my check-ins have been, um, have included some element of frustration that my work, because things have been just insane at work. And as I know I've mentioned before, and you know well, um, I volunteer probably too much. So I have lots of board meetings in the evenings. I have book club. I have, you know, there's lots of stuff going on. And so I would sort of just drop in to the check-ins. These were my excuses for why I wasn't maybe checking all the training boxes and Mm -hmm. all the sleeping boxes and all the things I'm supposed to be focusing on for performance. And she just wrote back to me and was like, cool. I don't actually think that week was as bad as you think it was. And also I'm going to tell you, at some point, you just have to decide, right? Like, are you are you going to go to yet another board meeting? Are you going to go, you know, are you going to prioritize your volunteer activities and your social life right now? Or are you going to prioritize your training? She's like, this is your choice, right? Like, you're telling me excuses. And my answer back to you is like, these are choices. And so I bring it up just because, you know, we're talking about Brittany and her friends and the choice of like going out and partying it's not always uh, like as negative of a thing as just wasting hours drinking alcohol right like sometimes we're actually just making choices to prioritize other good things right like it's I love the volunteer work I do I love the nonprofits I I get to support Um, I love my friends from book club and stuff like that and yet that those things often get in the way of what I say are my goals right now so right like she was basically saying the same thing to me like all of this is your responsibility you're a grown-up you make choices yep so what are you choosing this week and I was like oh my god like yeah and so last week um big apologies to my book club if anyone's listening um I skipped book club I I did have to work late so I worked late at my job and I knew I was going to be exhausted but instead of book club, I went to Barbell Club because I had missed two previous. And so I was like, that's a choice I made. I spent, I think it's like, it's just like seems to be a theme so far this year. I have spent so much time with so many of my clients right now talking about exactly that, yeah. about boundaries. Like, and you know, there is one thing that I don't enjoy about now living in the US is like the work culture where it's just like you've got to work yourself into the ground all day every day never take vacation time and it you know it coming from Europe and I certainly I'm from England I don't have come from the best countries in Europe there's certainly like the 
Norway's of the world that take six weeks off work in the summer and everyone's got a lake house and they go spend family time and they shut down. And they have maybe four day work weeks throughout the rest of the year. And... Yeah, you can go on vacation, but you kind of got to be checking in on your email. They shut it down. Yeah. And you move out here. And, you know, I remember my first my first year in my full time job. They're like, you can have 10 days of vacation. And I was like, what? 10 days in the entire year. 10 days out of a year vacation. And I was just like, what the heck? How on earth do you expect to get the best out of people when they're just working into the ground? And so many of my clients come to me and we get to talking about stress levels. And, you know, you hear people going, oh, I've got to, I've got to do this and this and this. And I've got to attend this meeting, this meeting, this meeting. And, and then, you know, finally, like, I'll be like, okay, what would happen if you didn't? Because so many people like have their job and then they have all of these like satellite things that are tacked onto their job. And so I actually got one client. I was like, write a list of all of the things that are coming up the next week from like your Monday to Friday, everything that you have on your calendar. And then cross off the things that you absolutely have to go to. Like literally you have to go to. I have to go to my job. I have to. And then look at what is left. And so this one person did this exercise. I was like, oh, there's a lot left. And I'm like, okay. What out of those do you really, really, really want to go to? And they got like a couple of things extra crossed off. I was like, okay. So everything that's left, you don't have to attend. You don't really want to go to. And whenever you're doing something, you're not doing something else. So I was like, think about all of those things that are still there. If you do those things, what are you not doing? Yeah, what are you giving? And then they would make a, they made this other list, which was things like the gym, taking some self-care time, going to bed early, even just laying on the damn couch and watching two hours of Netflix and just not talking to anybody. You know, whatever it was. Like, So I was like, okay, well, how about this? We'll do a one-week-only trial where... You don't do any of those things that are left there that you don't have to do and you don't want to do. And you commit to doing a couple of the things that you actually do want to do. They're like, I don't I'm like, look, the world is not going to fall apart. You've identified the things that you have to do. You're going to take care of those things. So they followed through. It was really tough on them because this, you know, typically they sound like an overachiever or overcommitter. Yeah, exactly. You know, you don't want to let people down. I have not, I don't want to say I have no problem with that, but I'm pretty good at setting boundaries. I don't want to let people down because I did a crappy job or something, but I have no problem with going, no, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. So this person set her boundaries, followed through. I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, "Mm -hmm." did the world fall apart? Nope. Did people give you feedback that, you know, whatever it was that you were, could have possibly attended just went to shit because you weren't there. Nope. Instead, you had some time for you. And that is all part of like creating that environment that makes you the best version of you. And if you don't get to do those things that not only rejuvenate you, but like that excite you. And especially, you know, one of the things that I had on the list of kind of talking about is like the, the difference of exercise versus training and especially 
if you're working towards something, you know, in the gym where you're actually training towards something, you're not just showing up to exercise for 60 minutes or whatever, that you have a bigger goal in mind and what you're doing in that gym is working towards something. If you're not able to go because you did something else that doesn't move you towards that goal that excites you, well, that's kind of like a double whammy. Yeah, because I think you're right. I mean, like that's that's always a fascinating Right. Like, what is the difference between exercise and training? Because, you know, I definitely have people that sometimes say, like, you you talk about training and, you know, CrossFit, but like you're not going to the games. You don't even really compete. Like, are you really training like an athlete? And I was like, OK, on some level, fair. Also, though, being an athlete, I don't think requires competition. Right. It, it's more about how you see yourself and how you perceive what you're doing. Um, so I do think that if it's exercise, like we all know we're supposed to exercise um, to be healthy. And if you think of it just as exercise, it probably becomes one of those things on that list your client made that you think you should do, but you don't have to without anything catastrophic happen. And maybe sometimes you don't want to, right? Um, So exercise could be one of those things that ends up on a list that you're like, oh, guess I don't really have to do that the way I thought I did. Like it's an obligation. Um, but I do think training, like for me right now, feeling like I do have specific goals that I'm training toward, um, that completely changes the way that time at the gym would be on that list, right? Like I would be, I would look at that list and say, okay, I have to go to work, have to do these things that are actual obligations and training would definitely be it would get crossed out as something I can't give up, right? Because training towards something means there is a there's a deadline. There's a point in the future where what I'm training towards is going to happen or the level of preparation reaches its its pinnacle. And then that's right. Like, I mean, there's no changing that. So so, yeah, I mean, it's 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 an interesting distinction, I think, for people to think through is like, are you exercising or are you training? And and how do you how do you change it right it doesn't have to have like a trip like i'm training for climbing one particular mountain in the month of june but as soon as that mountain's done i'm not going to automatically go back to like just quote unquote exercising like i'll continue the training right and you know that doesn't have to be to make that switch you don't like as you said you don't have to be like i'm going to the games or right. i'm going to climb a mountain or swim the ocean or whatever it is like you can literally reframe your exercising as like, I am training for life. Right. And life. this is yeah. super freaking important to me. And that has to be right up there near the top of my priority list. If you're a professional athlete, it's the top of your priority list. If there is no mountain on the calendar, then I go back to training for our our top 10 fears about getting older day. If I'm training to be able to wipe my own bum when I'm 99 years old, that's that's a long, far away goal. And I got to train for it every day. <laughs> so there, if you've been Always like wondering with this, like taking responsibility for creating that better life and not just looking at other people going, oh, it's easy for you is kind of making that list of like, what am I prioritizing right now? What are my excuses for just not being able to start or not being able to show up? And, you know, 
doing something that makes you fitter and stronger and healthier. And of course, we talk about CrossFit a lot because that's what we do. But it doesn't have to be that. But whatever that thing is, maybe it's running because you want to go run a marathon. Whatever it is. Like, if you continually don't show up for that, ask yourself why. And maybe it's because you're so used to kind of prioritizing other things that you feel like you should attend. Maybe it's because you're, you've set the wrong goal. We've definitely talked about that in the past. I love, so I just remember this, one of my other really favorite parts of the movie, just in, in relation to kind of thinking through how to make manageable goals or things like that. When she first starts running, I think there's this scene, right? She just like puts on her shoes as like the big first step. And she goes outside and then just like picks like a telephone pole or something. It's just like, I just have to go there, like to the end of that block. So like half a block. All I have to do is get to that block, right? And chances are good. Once you jog a block, you're probably going to go farther. But maybe, maybe, maybe you turn around and go home because that was your goal for the day. But like, it does not have to be a marathon, right? It does not have to be a mountain. It could be, I'm going to walk for 15 minutes, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, the how to get started it can be so much smaller too. And I love watching that part of the movie where you're sort of seeing her initial transformation of like starting with a block and then moving up to like all the different stages of like doing a little bit more, a little bit more. I mean, that was always like one of my problems is that I would set my heart, soul, mind, whatever to doing something, Something whether it was like something athletic or, you know, I'm going to start a business or I'm going to get a sponsorship deal or whatever. And I would go like literally to like, this is success. And it's only going to be okay if, if, if I'm up here. And I had a lot of fear of the process because I didn't want to look silly. I didn't want people to stare. Like when I was first running and I didn't, I didn't know really how to run. And I didn't know like even what, what I would like to wear to run in. (laughs) Ah, the fashion choice. It's important. Yeah, very important. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't want people to see me like red faced and huffing and puffing. And, and then when I started CrossFit again, I was just like, oh, well, this is what the good people look like. I just want to look like that. Yeah. But I was really fearful of, of the process. Than, and we were doing a little um, clinic last weekend to help get prepared for CrossFit Open, which is coming up for like kipping pull ups, butterfly pull ups, muscle ups, that kind of stuff. And, you know, there was sort of a comment made by one of the coaches, which is absolutely right. You kind of have to just be prepared to look, I don't want to say look like an idiot, but, you know, to kind of. Yeah. I mean, what you have to do to learn butterfly, butterfly pull-ups, you, you look ridiculous trying to flail <laughs> around. Like I am in that stage, right? I don't have them yet. And I'm trying to learn. And that I, in that clinic, I was like, I have to look silly. There's a, there's a high cringe factor that comes yeah. with learning certain things, um, you know, or, you know, when you're running and you just like, you've run a hundred feet and you have to stop and hold on to the lamppost and be like, oh my God. But what I've learned is that most people actually, and when I see people trying to learn stuff too, I'm just like, I admire what you're trying to accomplish. I admire the fact that at least you're trying. And maybe you're going to have to try a million different ways before you get there. Yeah. 
Maybe you're just blessed and in two weeks you will have nailed it and you're good to go. Or maybe two years later, you're still trying. But, you know, yes, in, in reference to butterfly pull-ups specifically, when you are watching somebody learn, you're like, oh man, I remember that kind of fish out of water, flappy, <laughs> uncoordinated sort of phase. But I would never look at somebody who was trying that and be like, oh my God. Right. Like you wouldn't make fun of them because you've been there. Because I'd much rather see someone trying to do something and being willing to fail over and over again until they get it than to just be around somebody who was never willing to try because they didn't want to look silly or they didn't want people to like stare at them. Because you know what? Those people who do the staring, who kind of scoff, who like talk under their breath, whatever, they're definitely not people that you ever want in your environment they're definitely not the people that helped Britney. Yeah, those are the shitty people that Britney's with at the beginning of the movie that she ditches, right? Gets rid of in her... Her good running, who put the, the woman who lives in the apartment block, who's the good runner, chooses to stay back and run with Britney and this other guy because they're more fun. Yep. Because they're good people. And, you know, I, I, I do really love that. And that message is just like, just put your shoes on. And go one block. one block. And if that's okay, then do it again. And again. And then eventually you're going to put your shoes on and you're going to go two blocks. And it doesn't matter how long it takes. It matters that you're doing it. Yeah. Because every time you choose to do that, you are taking responsibility for creating a better life lifestyle for yourself. But don't get stress fractures because that looks painful. <laughs> I know I do. I, I that part of the movie is I feel bad for her because like I feel like that's also I mean, there's <laughs> there's there's correlations with that in other sports, too. You get so excited about something and then you're like you do it too much. And but you're the, like, oh, no. the thing it gets linked to, if my memory serves me correctly, and it's not that great these days, but she's at the time they're still showing the scale. She's stepping on the scale. Mm -hmm. She's losing weight. She's stepping on the scale. She's losing weight. And it's all good. And then she gets that point where it it stops. Oh, that's right. She hits and the plateau. Yeah, the scale so doesn't move. Herself. So yeah. then she's like, I got to run harder. Right. And you see her just like full sending it, you know, tipping that's into that like right. overtraining so obsessive. Scale, scale is to blame for the stress fracture. That's right. And then she puts herself out of action. So what does that tell you? Damn that scale. Yep. Wow, yeah, even more so. The scale if is If she'd to had blame. a coach in her corner, then she could have talked to the coach about that feeling as they could have, like, worked on a little reframe or, like, rethinking that situation. Yeah. And maybe that wouldn't happen. Or at least told her to, you know, just focus on a weekly average instead of the number every single day. Yeah. Don't train to the point of getting yourself stress fractures. But if you haven't seen the movie, it's definitely worth watch it's, it's pretty feel good it's a feel it good is. movie it's really cute and overall the message is pretty great yeah and i'm sure like for most people because i don't really know anyone who hasn't at some point had some kind of body image body composition related issue and you know i don't know how many people have watched it and been like yeah i'm gonna go and sign up for a marathon straight out of the gate but it did not make me want to run a marathon i i enjoyed the movie i enjoyed talking about it i would watch it again it's not going to make me sign up for a marathon <laughs> what would make you sign up for a marathon? Uh, very little i i mean i don't know i'd have to have a 
it's a really good reason. I mean, it's not like I I I don't mind running. I'm trying to get myself into liking running. I've done five Ks and ten Ks and five milers. I you know when a group of people want to do things, I'll do it. But I think, I mean, the longest I've ever run is what the half marathon Spartan race that we did, but that was broken up with fun obstacles. Run and, hike. With. I don't, well, so that yeah, I mean that, that's the thing. Like I don't really ever have any desire to run a marathon, but I would. I would hike rim to rim in the Grand Canyon. That's like an epically long 16-hour day um, of moving on my feet. It's just not running. <laughs> so I was just thinking about that in context of how much food I'd keep, I could eat for the calories burned. Oh, for sure. I mean, gosh, yeah. Rim to rim in the Grand Canyon. Eat whatever you want. I mean, you got to carry it on your back for until you consume it but so we're climbing mount whitney next month in like a um month. what is the date today it's almost exactly a month from now we're a few days out i think we'll actually be on the summit on march 18th how do you feel about that trip is that just like a flash in the pan easy kind of a trip for you or um, do you consider that to be still a decent challenge so i think it's i mean it's always a challenge anytime you go Anytime you go into the wilderness, it's a challenge, right? I think Whitney is always challenging because there's always altitude, unpredictable altitude. It's not super high. It's it's not the highest I've been, um, but was it like but it's fourteen and a half? Fourteen thousand five hundred ish. Some people five oh five, fourteen five oh five. Um, so yeah, so it's challenging because who knows? Like altitude affects people differently all the time. So, um. But I would say it's it's definitely it's a very achievable, moderate mountaineering goal because it's not a very long route. I mean, it's, it's we're going to be six miles roughly between the trailhead and the summit, six miles. So that's that's not a lot of mileage underfoot. Um, packs will be heavier than usual because it's winter camping and lots of like group cooking and stuff. Uh, I've never camped in the snow before. It's actually quite comfy, right? Because like snow is soft under your body it's um and so it's not like you know you camp and you get like a rock in the middle of your sleeping pad or something um it can be quite cozy yeah um so yeah i mean i think it's it, i'd say it's it's moderate and for me this trip is a bit of a refresher for me before doing ecuador so it it is like a i consider it part of my training like so I don't consider it necessarily a goal in and of itself, but it's part of my training to get above 14,000 feet, to do some snow travel um, between now and Ecuador, um, and just a new experience of doing it with you and Jeff, right? Like, actually, I've never never really done any trips like this with with friends. Like, I, uh, yeah. Let's <laughs> see if she still likes me when um, we get back down. I did Kilimanjaro with my cousin, obviously. So, yeah, we were friends and then we met lots of people on the trip. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I consider it as part of my training and it will be it will be very challenging. I don't think I, cold, so. I don't think <laughs> I've ever been higher than about eleven and a half thousand feet. And that was on like a ski trip? Um, yeah. Oh, interesting. OK. And I definitely felt the altitude. I was like a drunk person with a headache without yeah. any of the fun. I mean, that's usually, yeah, actually, that's true. We started talking about partying and drinking. Altitude basically just makes people feel hungover. 
But you yeah. don't get the fun part. No, there's no fun bit before. It's just the hangover part. You have to work part. your ass off yes. in order to feel hungover. In order to feel hungover. Um, and then you have to keep keep working while feeling hungover. And so instead of crawling into the, your bed and And typically when I'm hungover, like, I am not somebody who likes to push through a hangover. Yeah. I'm like, I want to curl up yeah. and be left alone. So this is going to be really interesting. We also, um, so there's the altitude, cold. I'm not really worried about the cold because I've got some good gear. She's got a she's got a brand new puffy. She's real excited about. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I it, and and we're not because you know we're not in like a really high alpine environment. Like it's it's still ca- the California Sierras, right? So it's not going to be negative fifty. Right. It's going to be below freezing, but not. I'm not crazy. really worried about the cold. Um, be interested to see how the chicken legs hold up. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it is. Right. Is thinking of like, you know, we don't we don't train like CrossFit is a great way to just prepare your body for things like mountaineering. But we don't train a lot of like heavy back rack lunges or like heavy back rack step ups like the stuff that I do it particularly in my mountaineering programming doesn't really come up a whole lot in sort of general gym programming um especially not these next three weeks definitely not yeah i know with the open it's totally not so so yeah i mean i think it'll be interesting for all of us to sort of see how our how our bodies fare um you can bring your knee sleeves or your i don't know know. i'm more actually the thing i'm more worried about is um Random attacks of vertigo. Oh my god! I thought you were gonna say like bears or something. I was like, you don't have to worry about that. It's freaking winter. Like, <laughs> okay, random attacks of vertigo. Yeah, random attacks of vertigo. Might be, might be weird, but um, we'll see. Who knows? My whole goal this year is to be out of my comfort zone. Yeah. A little bit more. So this is like I don't feel uncomfortable at all about doing this. It's just stuff that I have not really done yeah i think and mount whitney like i said it's a man it's a very manageable goal like like generally fit people could probably sign up for this because altitude you can't really prep for anyway so it's kind of i'm prepping by living at sea level right we're prepping for but yes so that is yes we are not prepping (laughs) uh but no it should be fun it should be fun and um i don't know maybe it will inspire a whole new expensive hobby you know well here's the thing this particular trip is a little bit expensive because we're doing it with professional guides who are bringing a fair bit of the equipment but much like regular camping and backpacking mountaineering uh once you're really good at it yourself is can just be like hiking we can do it real cheap next time we just need to have our own gear that's more like getting to the mountains right yeah i mean we're lucky here in california like you can get to some really good the Eastern Sierras have lots of really nice mountaineering, but I'm sure that there will be stages of this mountain where I look like the total beginner. But also in my New Year's theme, it's not just like getting outside of my comfort zone, but being willing to go through the struggle process yeah. and not being concerned about looking like an idiot. I'm doing that right now, trying to learn how to be a photographer. What's this? It's a camera, Rachel. Oh, got yeah. it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, but it has so many buttons and so many, I mean, talk about being outside your comfort zone when it's like something that makes me feel intellectually like an idiot. I'm just like, how can I not figure this out? Are you taking said camera up the mountain? I 
I would like to if I feel comfortable enough with it, obviously, in the next month or so. That is was it kind not, of the point. Is it like a luxury item because it's heavy or it is, is this just like a short enough trip It is, don't care but like, that? I mean, we haven't gotten into this yet, but you might be appalled at how little um, like clothing and stuff I'm going to bring. I'm just going to wear like the same stuff for four days, so... I've worn the same stuff for like two you weeks. You can really, yeah. It's okay. So yeah, so I mean, it would normally be considered a luxury item. It still might be, but I think depending on, yeah, depending on what else the weight of the pack, because I can handle a heavy pack for short distances. It's just, uh, if we had to hike like 20 miles in a day, my pack could not be like 60 pounds, but if Can we just two miles, sit on them and like once we go to the back. top, just like sit on our packs and slide back down the mountain? Well, level? if you wanted to carry skis up, you could ski down or your snowboard. You would just have to carry it up there. I watched a video of that the other day and the snow looked terrible. Yeah, I mean, that's always the tricky thing. And like, I mean, I've got my like my saucer sled. That thing's really light. Bring it. Let's take that. <gasps> oh, I that's feel like that's scene really out of good... National Lampoons. <laughs> That's actually Can a really good point. We could see if we could set the record for the fastest descent. <laughs> I could take my saucer sled. I wonder the guide would probably think I'm nuts. Who cares? I'm sure people do that. Whew, what all could right. possibly go wrong? Good. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> so anyway, what's our message for today? Take responsibility for, you know. Choices. Just better life choices. Yeah. Or just different life choices, like... Yeah. Prioritize, set boundaries, and just put your shoes on and take it one block at a time. One block. One block's all you need. That's what I'll tell you on the trail. If if you're struggling on Whitney, I'll just be like, just that rock. One rock. rock. Oh, no, no, wait, not that one. That one. Just kidding. That that bigger one. Just that one. See that one up there? That one at 14,000 feet? That rock. God damn it, Rachel! (laughs) (laughs) Are we nearly there yet? Uh, so there it is <laughs> if you haven't seen um britney runs a marathon highly recommend it uh kind of a snuggle under the blanket with mm-hmm. a couple of tea i think i'm gonna go movie. i'm gonna watch it again and uh hope you enjoy it hope it inspires you and remember to prioritize your training yep. because it's it's fun and if you're training it generally means that you have a goal and when you're moving towards your goal that's a pretty there's a pretty decent chance that that is something that makes you feel really good yeah i know it does for me absolutely and now we know that whatever she might tell you rachel is really ultimately just training to be able to wipe her own butt Yep. And I will leave you with that delightful <laughs> thought. Until next time. Fabulous finisher. Thank you for listening.